if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Today at Horse Chats, we'd like to welcome back Jen Hamilton, or Jen Marston Hamilton, international expert show jumping. And for those who haven't listened to you, I would urge that you go to horsechats.com, search for Jen, Jen Hamilton, and um, go back and listen to her previous chats before you listen to this one, just to find out a little bit more about her. But I think we're going to start today, we're going to talk about riders. And, um, you know, Jen's coached, not just coached a lot of riders, but coached a lot of in coaches or instructors to teach riders and we're going to talk about that. Before we do that though, I just want to remind you that today's chat has been brought to you by International Horse College. Their vision is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses and the horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people. Have a look now, internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation 31352. Now, you're there, Jen. Welcome back. Well, thank you for having me. <laughs> Jen, wonderful to talk to you again. We're going to talk about riders today, not just for the riders themselves. So if someone is a show jumping rider, I'm sure they'll find it informative, but also for instructors who are teaching show jumping riders, I'm sure they'll find that informative as well. Um, I know that you've taught, I don't even guess to imagine how many thousands or, or tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of riders, coaches, people that you've taught, and possibly millions. You know, if you're teaching to big areas, sometimes you work it out and go, well, maybe I have influenced quite a few people, but you've certainly had a great influence on a lot of instructors and riders over here in Australia and uh, around the world. So, Jen, today we're going to talk about the riders, but I'd like to start you off with a beginner rider. So what would you do if you've got someone who comes to you who can walk, trot and canter. Now, they say they can walk, trot and canter, but the canter may have included the horse stumbling into canter. They lean forward, go into fetal position, grab the mane, grab the reins even, put the horse stops or, you know, goes into trot. And then they say, oh, I've cantered. So they all of a sudden they think that after those one or two strides, they can canter. So you've got a beginner rider who can walk, trot and canter they come to you, they want to jump. They've seen the jumpers on TV. They've got friends or they go to competitions and see jumping. That's what they want to do. How do you start? What do you start here? Well, the first thing do is we put the rider on the horse and I just look at them. And as I'm looking at them, I ask them a few questions about how long they've been riding and their experience and things. And, you know, quite often riders, well, they're not very honest with themselves most of the time. Most of them think they're better than they are or worse than they are, which is always quite interesting to me. Is that because they don't know? Is that you think they're honest because they don't know or? Oh, I think it's their personality. I think people, if they've gone on a few trail rides and, you know, they've gone galloping around forest and they've been following another horse, they think they can ride although they had no control over the situation. And then there are people who just, well, they're always down on themselves. So quite often 
riders, and this is the case that even with top riders, they quite often don't know how good they are. Anyway, what I usually do is as I'm talking to them, I'm looking at their position. Because position is the most important thing in riding. It's through position that we can communicate with the horse, and it's position that actually saves our lives. And the more trouble you're in, the better your position has to get. So when you just look at a rider, I mean, someone from the street can tell if a person is sitting on the horse in a balanced fashion. The horse, the rider should be sitting squarely in the saddle. The We look at the leg to begin with. The leg is the base of support of the rider. The stirrup should be on the ball of the foot. The heel should be down, back, and in. The thigh should be forward. The seat in the saddle, the back nice and flat, hands out in front of the rider. And the rider should be looking out, looking to where they want to be going. This is a basic position, and it's known as three-point position or three-point contact. The three points of contact are the seat and the two legs. Three-point is flat work position. You'd use three-point if you're just sitting there. If you're walking, you're doing a sitting trot, or you're doing a regular canner, or you're doing any transitions. Three-point is the most secure position that you have. So that's the ideal picture we're looking for. But in beginners, we often see, well, their toes are down, they're slumped in the saddle, their reins are held unevenly, their bodies are twisted, and they're always wanting to look down to where they're going to fall. So the first thing is we have to put their bodies back into position, and we have to do it at a standstill. Then we would work to the walk, and I would just have people stand up in their stirrups, just at the walk, see how balanced they are. Then they're probably fine. So then you just go and you have them trot, and if that's fine, off you go with a canner. Now, it's always nice to know that they can go, but we've got to know that they can woe at the same time. So we have to do some walk to halt, trot to walk transitions before we actually get them cantering because I don't want them being run away with me, nor do they want to be run away with me. Usually people can do all of this. So once we know that their position is, is good and that we can get them to roll and go, the next thing is, do people follow directions? And it's amazing. People do not follow directions very well. And once you put them in motion, they follow even fewer directions because they're so concerned about where they are on the horse that they can't hear other things. So I spend a lot of time having people follow directions, uh, using the ring properly. They have to follow the outside of the ring, the, the fence line, and not just wandering. And then teaching them to do serpentines that they can steer and that they're still holding position and they're following their eyes and they're learning to use 
their hands and their legs properly in the steering. Once all of this can be done at a walk, trot, and canter, then they can probably start to jump. Now, we should define jumping, though. Going over a pole on the ground is the start of jumping because the horse will actually elevate its step a bit. And so before they do any jumping with me, they have to be able to show that they have a very good three-point position, but then they have to learn two-point position, which is the jumping position. And in two-point, what we're doing is we're taking the seat away from the rider. And so all the weight is going down into their feet in those stirrups. And the body is inclined forward a few degrees. And they have to hold this position. It takes strength. It takes a very strong core to be able to do this. Really, two-point is nothing more than the rise of the trot and then staying there. And so I would have people trotting around the outside of the ring and just in a rising trot, and then they just have to stay up in that rise in that two-point position and see how long they can stay. Um, they can grab the mane to help hold them, but they're, they're usually very surprised at how few steps they can actually go. So we do a lot of two-point at the trot and then finally start doing it at the canner. As they're doing this, I actually usually have poles down on the ground which the riders have to steer for the center of these poles. The poles will then gradually be raised into small jumps, but position will always be the main focus of this whole exercise. And it usually takes weeks. Well, depending on how novice a rider they are when you get them. When you say weeks, how often are they riding? They're riding once a week and then riding with their own horse, or are they riding every day? That's the next question, isn't it? The thing is, when you're learning a skill, it has to be done often. Riding once a week, basically you're always going back to square one. You're learning a skill, the more often you can do it, the better off you are. So what's the time frame? I don't know. I can't tell you. (laughs) Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot-off-the-press notification. That is, that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available, and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now, and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page and click on the 101 careers in the horse industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. You know, say we've got the beginner rider. Go on, say, to a, a novice rider who's gone on and done the exercises and they've got an established two-point position. Say they've come to you and they might have been a track work rider even. Maybe, well, you know, a track work rider, then you look at, at leg position. But they've got a strong core and they can hold the trot 
and the canter in two-point position, but they haven't jumped. Okay, so there's, there is a difference between track work position and jumping position. In track work, the hip angle, well, first of all, I should say, those track work riders, they have very good balance, excellent balance. They have excellent coordination within their body. What we do, and I've schooled a lot of um, track riders in New Zealand, the main thing is actually lowering the stirrups, getting them used to that new balance a bit, and then bringing the upper body back. So in a, a track rider has a very closed hip angle. They're down close to the horse's neck in a two-point the rider's hip angle is opened up, and so you're away from the horse's neck. So it's finding a new balance, and it takes very little time for a track rider to find it. Good track riders. Yep. They've got that trot canter established, and you talked about poles gradually raising with the focus, but in particular teaching those novice riders. Is there any problems then that they develop that are particular to the person who's just starting jumping because it's it's as a coach you know how do we correct these common rider problems when people first start to jump i think a lot of it is um, lack of fitness mm-hmm. it's lack of physical fitness but i think they also get mentally tired and they start worrying about things too much and that again takes away their stamina. Um, you just have to go out and do it. It's just doing things over and over again and trying and with someone there and, and doing it on their own, finding the balance, finding that great two-point position. And it's literally just going out and doing a rising trot and then just staying up in that rise of the trot, the two-point, and seeing how long you can keep it. That is getting stamina. That is finding the natural balance for the whole thing. Once that is there, then the hand actually starts becoming more independent, and that can allow for the release at the jumps. Now, the other thing that's so important is the horse's eyes. The eyes are one of the rider's strongest natural aids. It's an aid. It gives you balance and your eyes give you direction. So when you're looking down, you're half falling off and you're not getting to where you want to be. So if you can get the eyes directing forward and being used for balance, 50% of the battle is taken care of. So strong lower leg, in position, and eyes. Just going on and, you know, sort of progressing through, not progressing through the coach's journey necessarily, but progressing through the coach teaching the rider on their journey. The rider's been coming for a while and confident going over. They've um, got their physical fitness established. They're, you know, finding the natural balance, the independent hand, their eyes. We've got all that sorted and we're ready for our first competition. What else does the instructor need to or the coach need to do to prepare the rider for their first competition? 
Well, first of all, I'm very big on simulation. And so I like, well, simulating the, the whole ride in that they literally have to leave the arena and practice going into the arena on their own, having the gate shut behind them, and then having to do the complete course with not one word said to them. Because you'd be amazed at how few times a rider goes around a course without someone telling them exactly what to do almost every stride. And the riders become very dependent on it. And so in the simulation, literally, the gate is shut. They do the course, and not one word is said. If they start to get into a bit of a wobble, they have to start solving the problems themselves. So that simulation thing is very important. The other thing is, I think the expectations, what is the desired outcome for this going into the competition? Are you expecting Olympic gold? Are you expecting to win? What are your expectations? Personally, I think the expectations of people going in to their first show, first classes, is to arrive alive at the outgate mounted. That, to me, is winning. And that can be difficult. And then I actually increase the, it, they must arrive alive at the outgate mounted. Then we raise a little bit arrive alive at the outgate mounted, having jumped all the jumps the first time. Some people, just remembering the course is the challenge for those first four shows. I mean, people have to be very realistic in expectations going to horse shows. There can only be one winner. And if your goal is just to win, well, we've got to one happy person and a lot of unhappy people. So arrive alive at the Outgate Mountain. That's my. That's a, a wonderful goal. And I think um, if all the instructors and all the coaches say, this is what I want you to do, then those expectations come off. You've got far less disappointed riders. But also, too, how do you cope with the parents that are quite ambitious for their children? I think they should sit under a, bo- under a tree with a bottle of wine. <laughs> okay okay if if you're looking at riders got a few young riders there and you think oh this this rider's a bit talented what what makes that talented rider what makes a rider out of a group of riders that you teach you know I'm sure you teach many many riders and you come across some that you might say this this rider's got a bit of talent what makes that what makes you think that rider has got talent I think the first thing you notice is just a natural balance of symmetry with the horse, which I think actually comes from an empathy with the horse. You can tell who has an empathy and people who intuitively can almost anticipate what the horse is going to do before it actually does it. Um, Talented people are hard workers. And truly talented people are hard workers. And they get great joy out of just even the small successes that lead to the big successes. And they are a joy to teach. I'm writing this down, Jen. You know, you said that truly talented people are hard workers. 
And also they get great joy out of the smallest achievements. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, it was a better transition. The horse turns better. It's in a better shape. You know, it had a springier jump that time. Yeah, just small successes lead to the bigger ones. Yeah, yeah. So we've got, um, you know, a young rider who's showing a little bit of talent. They've set themselves high goals. They're keen. They want to get going. Where did this start? What's their progression? You know, if we've got a rider who, who is one of those talented riders, what's the early, it's all right about the later pathway because often that's laid out for them, but the early pathway for them to get them started, to get them so that they're noticed by the wider community. How do riders start if they've got those high goals and they want to get, get going? I think quite often riders think that they're just noticed because of what they do in the show ring. Being in the show ring is only part of the equestrian story and what is actually noticed by the top people. Top people, we're talking, let's say, scouts, you know, team scouts or something. They're not just looking at the prizes that the rider is um, achieving. They're, they're watching what's happening in the barns. They're watching who gets up in the morning, what their training programs are, how what the rider's horsemanship is. And this the horsemanship, the work with the individual horses, how they treat the horses. Do they seem to have a plan when they're training? You know, in the morning of the horse show, are they just out talking with their friends or just on their phones? Are they actually schooling horses? Top riders are more than just riders. They're horsemen. And this Horsemanship has to be learned from the very, very beginning. And it's the love of the working with the horse and the idea of skills leading competition. You've got to have that or you won't be good. There are a lot of people who want to be good, but they end up very ordinary because they don't have that specialness of wanting to be part with the horse, understand the horse, understand the upkeep and how to keep that horse going. There are a lot of ordinary people out there, horse people out there, but there aren't a lot of extraordinary ones. The top ones are extraordinary. Yeah. That's a brilliant note to finish on, Jen. I think that's something that, you know, we've sort of gone through about what coaches can do, but what riders can do as well. And I think this is not just for riders. This is for coaches who are mentors for those riders to say things, oh, that, sure. you know, to let them know that the top riders are more than just riders. They're horsemen and, and to learn yeah. all the intricacies. Yeah. I think one of the most impressive things is to um, – see Beezy Madden uh, cleaning her tack and polishing her boots at the end of a competition day after she's just won the million-dollar class. She's 
still doing the work. That's what a true star is. Jen, before you go, the last time I chatted to you, we talked a lot about your book, Stride Control, exercises to improve rideability, adjustability and performance. Um, You've got another book. Tell us a bit about that. Oh, no, the other book was, um, it was a book called um, I Jumped Ahead. But that book was then turned into Stride Control. Okay, Really, there's only one book. Actually, we did talk about that at the um, at the last chat. So, so I think if you've um, you know if you've enjoyed listening to Jen, I'm sure you have, and um, you probably have already listened to her previous chats. Have a look at Stride Control as well. You know, go to uh, well, we'll leave a link at the bottom of um, of this page of Jen's, and it'll be on Horse Chats. Just go to horsechats.com. Search for Jen Hamilton, um, probably even search for Stride Control and you'll get all those details there. Now, Jen, if people would like to contact you directly, because I know it's a bit tricky at the moment, but you do travel quite a bit or you have travelled, or if people have just got questions or they need to contact you, what's the best way to do that? Well, they can do it through um, my Facebook page, uh, Jen Marston Hamilton. Yep. Or they could email me. Okay, and and Jen, have you got that email just in case people are there with their pen ready to go? It, it usually takes a little while by the time this chat comes out. It takes a little while before it actually gets to horse chats, although your email's probably there anyway because you've done some previous chats with us. Well, it's Jen, J-E-N, Hamilton, 60 at gmail.com. Perfect. Jen, thank you. Today we had a, a great focus on riders. We talked quite a lot from the coach's point of view, but also from the rider's point of view. So anyone who's interested in teaching people how to show jump, teaching show jumpers and also show jumpers themselves, I think it's been a great chat for them. We're coming back again soon and uh, we'll be talking some more about show jumping. So look forward to chatting with you again and I'll talk to you soon. I look forward to it. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 